0: Need quality and accessible health care at a minimal cost? Get Antidote Health. We offer individual and family plans with zero co-pays for online doctor visits 24-7, pediatric visits, mental health care, and more. Some plans even have a cash-back benefit, and you'll get access to top-tier providers like Cleveland Clinic. Open enrollment has started, so sign up today at antidotehealth.com slash start. Dollar copays and cashback not available on all services or prescription drugs. Consult your plan for more information. While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home. But you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn light up a life. Give now at NationwideChildrens.org slash give
1: Josh Allen,
0: looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the bills. what else would you rather be
1: doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. A deep down field And it's
0: 20. But right now, I just want to talk about this championship. I would never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus
1: some more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. And Allen deep to the end zone and cross for a touchdown. For action, deep down field, open.
0: Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host as always, Kevin Misery, here with my partner in crime, Mike Bunt. To break down the delicious twenty-four to twenty Bills victory, a Bills victory that Tony Romo predicted early on in the game, uh, twenty-four to twenty, he predicted, and it was very strange, Mike, that that came to fruition. We're also going to break down some DVOA numbers that we came up with. Why did the Bills get this done? Where were they better? What are some things that uh, prevented that from being a bigger, uh, bigger lead, Mike? I want to get into a little bit of red zone numbers that I have here. I think that that's really important to keep into context as the Bills are building for January and February not necessarily week three banners like the Miami Dolphins were. But, Mike, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm
1: doing great. How can you not be feeling amazing after a huge Bills victory against the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm ready to eat crow after picking uh, Kansas City last week. And then on top of it, Syracuse Orange, top 15 in the country, getting ready for class. The UB Bulls, four and three, first in the Mackeys, and then the Ohio Bobcats where I went to school. Four and three. I'm feeling great. This is football paradise right now.
0: Yeah, you had a pretty good week. You had a pretty good weekend, Mike, with those being some of your top dogs. That's uh that's a, a good, that's a good little 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 weekend Best for you. A a good week. time.
1: Best in a yeah. long time.
0: Best in a long time. Sabres look all right. Um, so there's definitely a lot to to look forward to. Kevin enjoyed an ALDS victory for the Yankees tonight over the Guardians. So I'm feeling pretty good myself, uh, as we head here into a bye week, a very casual bye week. Mike, it just kind of feels like it's here. Um, normally we like need it, but right now we want more football. Five and one. I think we talked about this last year. We're going to start here at the top. Would you have signed off on five and one? I think all day, every day. Yes, you weren't sure about the Miami loss, but as as all encompassing picture, five and one heading into the bye against. Uh, Extra week of rest against a Green Bay team who struggled against the Jets. They've struggled against the Vikings. They've struggled this season in general. The offense looks in disarray. Aaron Rodgers is is bickering with with their offensive play calling. He's bickering with no receivers ever. So we're going to get into the Green Bay matchup next week. But how are you feeling about that 5-1? and You did predict KC to win. Kevin was the only one on the three-man show last week uh, with Ron that predicted the Bills. Feeling pretty good about it, Mike. But how are you thinking about this? Uh, from a five and one, as we are into the bye week, a five and one perspective, the Bills are number one in DVOA and most statistical categories, as we tweeted out earlier today. How are you feeling, all things considered, going in and getting Trey White back? Uh, as as uh, a couple of uh, national reporters have said, coming off the
1: bye, 100%. I would have taken five and one if you asked me if I would uh, want that before the season. I, I, I thought five and two was what realistically. Uh, was the most was probably the most likely scenario. Uh, I even thought, hell, if Baltimore steals one from you or if you get off to a, a slow start against L.A., four and three could have been on the table. So definitely take five and one. And now watching Green Bay, the way they're playing football, six and one is very likely uh, in a couple of weeks. And after that, the schedule lightens up tremendously. So uh, those scenarios of 14 and three, 15 and two, um, that – were a little bit out there at the beginning of the season, are looking highly probable uh, at this moment in time. And really, everything has gone right for this team so far this year outside of injuries. If not for the the injury list and losing guys like Micah Hyde out for the season, uh, the Bills are easily 6-0 and at this point. Their lone loss, a game where they outplayed Miami. So uh, it's hard to be negative about uh, really anything about Sitting at 5-1 entering the bye week. Uh, they're getting healthy. They're playing great football. Uh, everything is shaping up exactly how uh, we were hoping for during the offseason.
0: It's about what you wanted. I mean, you can't assume you're going to win every game. That's silly. Um, you're just going to have to think time runs out. That's literally what happened in the Dolphins game. It's 120. How funny is it now that, that the the weather element's getting talked about now? I mean, we, we all want to know learn- It is a little wanted to write a lawsuit to the sun. Miami dolphins had a great time with us because complaining about the weather, they really loved that narrative. I mean, I'm sorry. I've played sports. I played it at at a semi-high level. It matters. Like that stuff does matter. Like it shouldn't be an excuse, but you're starting to see now, like that's a little bit unfair though. Like for everyone playing in the snow is one thing. Everybody playing in the rain is one thing to deliberately, totally weather out your uh, opponent is, is a little bit much for me. So we're going to see if that amounts to anything, but it is it is funny how that happened. The time ran out on the Bills-Dolphins game. Uh, that's really all that happened. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, 500 yards to 220 yards. That's uh, just, quite frankly, uh, just unfortunate that the way that that game ended, but it took a multitude of things, as I tweeted uh, during the bye week here, that went wrong for the Bills. Uh, missed spike. I mean, that's the only loss of the year. You had a missed spike. You had... Uh, a couple of, uh, Isaiah McKenzie couldn't get out of bounds at the end of the half. So a couple of and a half, uh, droughts, they were not very good in the red zone, T- uh, 18th in the league. Actually, they actually were 55% going into the game with touchdown conversion, had a 50% rate, two out of four. I think it's two out of five. I do believe they got into the red zone on that one holding call uh, early in the game that ended up backing them up. Um, but they didn't consider that in the red zone early on, but that to me is, is, is dicey. Lowered their overall to about 53%. However, they went up because the league struggled at offense this week. Uh, to 18th in the league in the red zone. It is definitely a spot I think the Bills need to get better at. Um, you saw them convert two for two on short plays uh, with Josh Allen runs. Do you want to see more of that? Do you want to stop being so complicated? Do you want to stop the the uh, zone read pitches? I'm not sure what the play call was early on in the game with the fumble. Um, it was a zone read. I asked Eric Turner, said the same. However, but but where did that go wrong, Mike? Like, wh- Was Isaiah McKenzie not expecting the pitch? Was that supposed to be a power run? Was he expecting it to be handed off? A strange scenario there in the red zone uh, to start the game. But I'd like to see that cleaned up. It's a major factor. How do you win one-score games? You clean up the red zone. You convert third and ones. You convert fourth and ones. It's easy Josh Allen to make up on third and tens all, all season long. But occasionally you're going to have situations like the Miami game, and you certainly don't want that popping up in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's weird to be critical of any spot, but when you're a team trying to get your first Super Bowl and you're playing nearly perfect football yep. overall, you are going to notice a few areas that aren't uh, up to par compared to everything else. And red zone is definitely something that the Bills need to improve on. Luckily for them, uh, they're so dynamic anywhere on the field that it really hasn't come uh, come back to hurt them that much. Uh, their ability to strike from outside the red zone and, <laughs> yeah. and make big plays uh, in the air uh, really negates the the need at times, but you're right. There are gonna there are gonna be one score games eventually where you're gonna have to uh, convert in the red zone. And uh, a game like Kansas City, they're lucky to have come out on top uh, with some of their mistakes that they made in um, the first half. The the pitch to McKenzie, I'm going to assume that that was never supposed to happen. Uh, it looked like it was either supposed to be a handoff to him at the beginning or let Josh take it himself, or make something of it with himself. Looked like a guy got in on Allen, and uh, he, he just wanted to make a play. McKenzie was not expecting that ball uh, at any point once he once he ran past Allen. And uh, at that point in time, the, the best thing he could have done, just fall on the ball, take the loss. You have one of the, the best offenses in the NFL, third and seven, you still feel confident that you can make a play. Unfortunately, he tried to scoop it up, and and th- that was, that was a mistake on McKenzie's part. Uh, and, and then the second one later on in the first half where he just stumbles, that's just unfortunate. That's not really an error uh, on his part. He just, his his feet, his feet ran underneath him. And uh, that's just a sucky situation talking about a fourth down where you had a, an easy touchdown reception. And one other play was when the bills were, were trying to get out of their own end zone uh, with under two minutes left and McKenzie just dropped a, Uh, a nail and dart. So definitely some concerns with uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I I don't think the Bills give up on him due to this performance, but I definitely think it shortens his leash uh, going forward when you're talking about uh, Khalil Shakir trying to earn more reps uh, on this offense. So uh, something definitely to, to look out for uh, going forward was happy. The Bills were able to convert, convert uh, some of their, their short down uh, short yardage to go situations. Uh, was disappointing uh, on the third and one to see a run play, get stuffed for a two-yard loss, and then on the ensuing fourth and three, having every route go 10-plus yards down the field when you need three yards. I, mm. I, I know Allen is able to make big plays look easy most of the time, but that situation, you need three yards. and uh, The Bills' offense was lucky at times in this game that the Bills' defense stepped up. Uh, I, I obviously the the bills allowed a lot of yards which every team will against patrick mahomes but the the timely stops for this bill's defense was the main reason they won this game
0: yeah what's what's really great about it i mean Josh allen is is we could spend the entire episode talking about josh allen right right mike (laughs) we we Uh,
1: could but we wouldn't be adding anything new to the table then
0: right absolutely so i think what's uh What's really great for me is to get into some DVOA numbers. Um, and, you know, you tweeted it out earlier where they rank total. But what's really interesting to me is their rush DVOA defensively, number two in the league. How do you feel about that? That's, a, I mean, they had many games. One of the biggest downfalls maybe to this regime is not stopping the run, having the uh, Eagles game, having the, um, a couple of years ago, having the Indianapolis game last year. We saw the uh, New Orleans Saints game early on in in, in McDermott's tenure. These, these staple games of three. 400 yards rushing number two dvoa and rushing it isn't something to talk about much um but what a, what an improvement overall on that right
1: yeah you're talking about the bills running the ball correct uh, rush, sure. defense. rush defense rush okay. defense. right well yeah i i just wanted to make sure yeah the run defense has been uh fantastic it's it's actually kind of interesting when you look at dvoa compared to uh a site like pro football uh focus they actually have the the bills rush defense ranked 13th, which doesn't seem to connect with my eye test. The DVOA having the Bills rush defense much higher is how I feel because you look at this Bills defense, every aspect of it from uh, from the D-line to the linebackers to the secondary have all been performing at a high level all season. Dan Orlowski has had some nice breakdowns uh, in the last couple of days of the communication and um, just a different – Uh, defensive backfields that they've had in the run defense at a big is a big reason why the pass defense has been successful because they are forcing teams in poor situations. And uh, Daquan Jones has been unbelievable. We all talk about Von Miller, Von Miller, Von Miller, but uh, Daquan Jones has been tremendous. There's a graphic on Twitter that showed um, his double team percentage and then his uh, win percentage overall. He's getting doubled almost as much as any defensive lineman in National Football League right now. But he's winning at a rate that is up there with the elite guys uh, in the NFL. Third or fourth best uh, win rate in the the NFL at this point. You add that to a D-line that already has Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, and you have that rotation going. Jordan Phillips, who can get that interior pressure. They are playing stifling run defense, and it's benefiting everybody. The linebackers are able to get penetration. You're seeing Matt Milano make plays in the backfield, just exploding to the ball. Same with Jermaine Edmonds. And Von Miller is just being able to eat. I was looking at, I know this is more with the, the passing uh, defense, but I was looking at the, the pass rush win rates. All four of the Bills' top four edges are, are among the, like, the top 25 in the league, including guys like Boogie Basham. Von is up there. A.J. Epineza is up there. Greg Rousseau is up there. It's the whole D-line in linebacker play are is just incredible at this point.
0: Right, and what's really interesting is their Dave. Is, Dave is a statistic by DVO, DVOA to adjust for what could happen, and their Dave is negative 12%, meaning – they're still projected to stay as strong as they are, which is an interesting stat. However, like if you look at Jacksonville, for instance, um, they're playing above their defensive means. They're supposed to, they should regress more to the mean. Everything points to that. When you look at the Bills, their Dave is still number one in the league. So their regression is to number one in the league, uh, which, is, which is pretty interesting that they're playing an epically high defensive level right now. They're missing one of their best all pro safeties uh, in Micah Hyde and getting back an all pro corner in Tredavious White. And will they make any other additional moves in the defense? I don't see it, but they could. Um, and that defense is still super strong. Uh, I mean, Kev, it's, they've it's, already
1: played their toughest games.
0: Yeah, number – is,
1: Baltimore is – I know the record is horrible and the, the blown leads. Baltimore is number three DVO te- DVOA team overall. Kansas yep. City, uh, one of the best teams in, in the league. Obviously, that's an understatement of the century. It's only going to get easier from here. I I know the jets are playing competitive football. You you don't want to overlook new England, but you look at, if you look at sites like DVOA, new England is the top remaining team uh, on the Bills' schedule with Cincinnati a couple spots back. You're talking new England's number 10 in that, that graphic. Like this is, this is shaping up to where, as long as the bills don't underestimate a team and they don't let too many uh, get away that they should win. Like, there is no reason this can't be a 14-plus win team. It, it's we're, we're the, 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 weak- Jets, the
0: Jets are only winning, Mike, because the last of the league is terrible. I'm, I'm sorry. I, That's I fair, but
1: the, the Jets are a little bit more legit than what you might say the Giants are at this point. The, the okay. DVOA would say that the teams like Giants and Minnesota are winning games, but they're really sure. not good at this point. The Jets, 4-2, and two, they're they they're a little bit up. They're a little higher in those uh, categories. I believe they're 15th overall. Let me check right now just to make sure. Yeah, yep, 15th, 15th overall. Yep. Uh, so uh, I don't trust the the New York Jets offense, but there is some reasons to be optimistic about their team, I think, in the long run going forward.
0: Yeah, they have a three estimated win, so they've played one win better than their DVOA Um <laughs> You know, they have a Dave of 18, which shows that there's some regression coming on the Jets front. Their offense isn't very good, even though they have Brees Hall, one of our, our, our favorite, my fan favorites going in and, and is proving every bit as much. And as you look at some of the DVOA numbers on the Jets, um, there's definitely some regression that's going to happen there. But, yeah, you're right. As far as, far as the Giants go, that that team uh, has gotten lucky by all. all It's of a cards. nice story. It's a nice yeah. story. But yeah. 30th in defensive DVOA, Mike. Um, yeah, that's, that's not yeah. good uh, their day, their day is near. Um, and I just, I think regardless Jets, Giants, Bills, it doesn't really matter. The Bills have the fourth strength of schedule right now in the league in terms of DVOA. Um, and when you kind of look through it, like the past, the future schedule is 24th to your point. So they've kind of already gotten through a little bit of it, but if you really look through some of it, like Baltimore has the third hardest strength of schedule, the Bills took care of Baltimore. You know, some of the other teams they've played haven't been great DVOA, depending on who Tennessee's 19th. Um, so that's, you know, the Rams are 22nd. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely some other advantages there. I mean, Pittsburgh is uh, 23rd. So definitely the, the bottom team, seemed harder.
1: The, the bottom teams, the Bills have taken care of handily. Outside of Miami, and we all know about this, the situations that um, – <laughs> in that game. So the, the Bills are, are they're taking care of business. The the elite teams that they've played, they have squeaked out narrow victories. And the teams that are near the bottom, uh, they've been destroying, absolutely obliterating. And th- another important thing: now the Bills have a tiebreaker over the division leaders in all Huge. of the uh, remaining AFC uh, divisions. And and you look at the AFC West. Is there a chance that the Chargers win that division? Maybe the Chargers can, but Vegas ain't, Denver ain't. So you got you most likely. Uh, have the tiebreaker over to AFC West uh, locked up at this point in time. AFC South, that, that division sucks. Uh, the Colts might end up winning that division somehow um, in spite of themselves, but right now Tennessee's still first, and that division Bills destroyed them. And then you go to the, the AFC North, uh, I, I don't see how any of those, maybe Cincy surprises us, but Cincy doesn't look good to me, and I, I think Baltimore is going to end up being the top team in the AFC North. So you, you really look at it. Going into the year, we were all saying how loaded the the AFC was overall, and uh, obviously compared to the NFC, it is a lot better. But it it comes down to the Bills in Kansas City, and winning this game on Sunday essentially gives them a two-game lead. And with the remaining schedules they have left, it's very hard uh, to see a scenario where Kansas City will leapfrog the Bills unless the Bills get in their own way. You're talking if the Bills go 14-3, and Kansas City can – (laughs) well, there's no scenario. So if the Bills go 13-4, Kansas City can only lose one game the rest of the year. Like, how is that – it's not going to happen. As long as the Bills don't get in their own way and drop multiple games against teams that they shouldn't, it's a commanding lead at this point. It sounds crazy to say that, entering week seven, but it's the situation they're in.
0: And it happened last year, essentially. They, after the Bills' victory against Kansas City happened, um, you saw that happen, that they did drop Jacksonville. They did drop New England with the win game. There was some definite factors in that 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 happened to them. So they need to make sure they do not have that happen again. They have a little bit of leeway. They don't have a ton. Uh, they need to make sure they take care of business. But really an impressive stat here on the screen is you see EPA – I mean, this is this is insane levels of, of skill on offense and defense. You're talking about overreaching to .2 uh, offensive EPA a play. You're talking about already getting up above negative 0.1 on the defensive side. I mean, they're just dominating on both sides of the ball. The Eagles are the only team in their realm right now. I tweeted out earlier, I think that this defense of the Chiefs is worse than last year. Some Chiefs fans hopped into my mentions, got really quiet toward the middle and the end of that game because they just didn't have anything to take care of. the bill. I mean, the Bills, to me, that was like the Jacksonville game last year in my, in my mind, where, yes, Patrick Mahomes is obviously all-world. But to me, I always expected Josh Allen to take care of business late in that game because their defense is poor, and they did. They got their yards. They eventually get into the 24 number. And if it wasn't for a few plays that they didn't play great in the red zone at times early in the first half, it would have been a lot higher. And the Bills still overcome that every week, which is great to see two and one now in one score games. But the defensive EPA is just so impressive to pile on on top of the offensive performance. Look at the keeps. What's going to hold them back is the fact that they're well below average defensively. And you're going to lose the teams like the Bills or, or others, like they got got by the Colts. They're going to lose some games this season because that defense doesn't get it done. If you make one blunder on offense like Patrick Mahomes had, that might be it for you. And the Bills actually have uh, some some wiggle room within a game because they got the ball right back in the red zone by a great coverage call, great play by Kyrie. And what a call at the end of the game, Mike, on, on Sunday the man concepts on the left, the zone concepts to the right of the formation, Dane Jackson following, confusing Mahomes into thinking man coverage. The next thing you know, you have Dane Jackson calling out where he was going to throw to a cross or to Sky Moore, intercepted by, uh, obviously, by uh, Taron Johnson and a great man coverage concept mixed with a little bit of zone all in one play. It was, a, it was one of the best plays, I think, you had some analysts calling it one of the best plays. Incredible, um, man!
1: And that- you need to do things like that to confuse a great all-time quarterback like Pat Mahomes. That's how you, uh, how, that's how you close the deal. And credit to Leslie Frazier um, for coming up with that because Pat Mahomes does not get confused often, but he threw that fully expecting Sky Moore to be wide open, and it, it got him. And that's why you bring in Von Miller in that moment. He did the unexpected. Gets the the gets the pressure and Milano's there to get in Mahomes' space. And next thing you know, what normally would be an easy completion turns into a game sealing interception. So tremendous job uh, by Leslie Frazier and the Bills' defense for stepping up and Taron Johnson for making a play when it presented itself to him. And and looking at that graph that you brought up too with the EPA, I, I see the thing that stands out to me is the eye test is exactly what uh, I feel like going in. All year, I've been thinking Eagles, Kansas City, Buffalo, and the rest is just a lot of mediocrity. And this basically shows this uh, to me. The Eagles are playing tremendous football. They are playing great. And in the NFC, they might have some 13-4 and type record at the end of the year. The NFC is weak. I, I, I give them credit. The Eagles are not doing that against the Bills. They're not doing that against Kansas City. I respect them. They might be the top team in the NFC. But weak conference. It's the Chiefs and the Bills, and the, the thing that separates the two is the Bills have uh, the ability to play great defense. Uh, I, I saw a couple comments over here. First one I wanted to just bring back up uh, from John here, talking about New England emerging. New England is much better than I expected. The thing about New England, though, that doesn't – the reason why they don't scare me, New England plays fundamental football. They'll They play solid defense. They can run the ball, and against most teams in the NFL – that's good enough to win mm-hmm. against the Buffalo bills that will not get the job done unless you have crazy weather elements and outliers all over the place. I can't see new England really being much of a test in the long run to the bills. Could they win one in Buffalo or upset the bills once? Maybe, but I don't see new England getting 12, 13 wins. And then one other comment I saw here about the fins with, with two of one thing I do want to, I, I do want to say about Miami I think it's clear now I I don't Tua doesn't have that it factor but for whatever reason when he plays with the Dolphins they win games and when he's out they cannot beat anyone. So I don't think Tua is great by any means but I I am interested to see how they look with him back in the lineup on Sunday. I do think they're going to be a little bit better than what they have been the past couple of weeks assuming that he is fully Uh, healthy going forward. But all these comments, all these things about the Bills defense, it is crazy. Like talking about Kyrie Elam doing the job he's done, Christian Benford, and we're going to get Trey back soon? Holy cow, man. Like how do you you score against this defense? This is shaping up to be one of the better defenses in the modern day NFL in recent history.
0: And you look through the standings that I have up here now, you have Obviously, the Bills leading the AFC, the Chiefs tiebreaker, the Tennessee tiebreaker, Baltimore tiebreaker. The Jets conceivably a tiebreaker. Don't play the Chargers. I don't know if there'll be a, a top con- uh, competitor up there at some point. You have the Colts. Um, I mean, they were talking about tanking at one point a week or two ago, so I'm not sure will they end up the, – the Bengals have had their highs and their lows. I'm not sure will they'll be where they end up and the Dolphins as well. New England's kind of still hovering around 500. The Bills are going to have commanding position on this. They're going to be able to – let up an NFC game by all accounts. And I don't know which that would be. I guess the Vikings at home. I don't know. I don't know what game that would even be, but they could totally let one up if they needed to, and that have it not really cost them too big. Uh, but they can't stack some of those bad games. I don't see that happening. I think this team's too focused. They have the MVP competitor. And I think what makes things a little bit different this year is Baltimore's numbers. They're they're DVOA on defense. They're they're struggling. That team's just not going to get it done anymore without premier defense. Their running game's not great. It's all Lamar Jackson. Yes, it's all Josh Allen. Yes, it's all Patrick Mahomes. The difference is, though, they're not getting it done defensively anymore. Like They always have in the history of Baltimore being good. So I'm not sure where they're going to end up being a threat uh, overall to this team uh, as they go forward with a 16th overall defensive DVOA. That's unlike Baltimore. Uh, they've had some bad struggles in the in the second half of games. Uh, to me, that's that, – I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure there's a third contender in the AFC to me, Mike. Obviously there's we always a there about-
1: surprise team that you that you don't expect heading into the season. Last year, obviously, Cincinnati. So week six, week seven, it doesn't look like there's really anybody else out there besides uh, the Bills in Kansas City. But things can change. Teams can get hot. Uh, the one thing that really uh, separates my view on the Bills this year from last year, obviously when they had a couple of those disappointing losses, is – the Bills in the middle of last year were still trying to figure out who they were. Obviously they're Josh Allen's team, um, pass heavy, but they didn't have the ability to get important yards on the ground when they needed to last year. And the teams with the two high safeties, they were presenting trouble for the Bills at, at plenty of opportunities uh, at the early points of last year. It really wasn't until the end when the Bills had everything gelling uh, on both sides of the ball. I just think the way this team has progressed, over the past end of last year, playoffs, offseason, building uh, this unit together. I just think they have an answer to almost anything uh, an opponent can throw at them at this point in time. I, I, I think they they expect anything. They're, they, they have an answer to almost anything they can face. So I don't see them losing six games like they did last regular season. I, I don't know how they can lose more than maybe three, four games max Uh, the season with everything that that's shaping up with them. And and you look at these other teams, even when the bills have an uh, an off day offensively, the defense can hold any team under 14, 15 points. It's such a well-rounded team. And you look at how so many teams are constructed in the NFL. It's all about young offensive minded coach. And a lot of times a lot of these teams have defensive liabilities. The bills have the perfect model for long-term success. Having a great defensive coach while also inheriting and developing the top quarterback or second best quarterback, whoever, whatever you think in the NFL, like that's almost an unbeatable combination because you know your offense is going to be great because of Allen, but you also have a defensive mastermind to game plan for all the best offenses in the league. Like this is set up for something special. With Lucky Land
0: slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And yeah, you look at, could Micah Hyde be an issue? Is that a big issue for the Bills? Yeah. I mean, I think Micah Hyde could present some challenges not having him. I mean, he definitely showed up in the, the one loss. That ball's intercepted uh, late in the game on a crosser that Jacon Johnson couldn't get to. That's an interception by these, this, this great safety combo. Neither of them were playing. So, yes, you saw it already appear its head in as one of the reasons to me that I jotted down why the Bills didn't come away with it. Uh, I mean, it's interesting note about dime. Dime was successful. I don't love Saran Neal. I thought he struggled. Uh, I thought he was, he was very handsy. He, he kept drives going. Um, uh, Travis Kelsey was still fairly effective. Um, So I'm not sure as much of the dime looks that I like as much as the, the coverage concepts that they were running. That was very interesting to me. Loved some of the creativity they ran. Serenio was getting put in a blender. He wasn't tackling. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what he brought to that game other than some physicality that they were looking for. And after a few missed tackles, I didn't quite see that. So that's, I like a lot of what the Bills were doing. Uh, I'd like to see it with different personnel when Bills are the Bills are back to full strength with Trey White. But uh, Saran Neal definitely was not uh, one of the highest performing players on the roster this past Sunday, uh, by all accounts, as we'll put on some film and and watch some things that they were doing differently uh, throughout the game with, with a very impressive game plan, Mike. I mean, you have to at this point, I had jotted down here to talk about. Uh, Leslie Frazier. I mean, you have to talk about the job he's being able to do, Mike, and what he's been able to do with multiple different roster uh, rostered players. With the DB straight up rookies. Uh, the K- the KC had rookies as well. Bills rookies looked better. Um, their scheme looks better. The, the development of their linebacking room. Um, yes, we've had some D line challenges over the years. How good it looks now with a closer and Von Miller. He maybe I always thought it was a little overblown. Like, yeah, you can't just sign a player and that's it but it really did. It really did change the dynamic of this game with having Von Miller was the difference in multiple situations last year. They went down and score in 13 seconds this year. He turns the ball over because of the pressure from Von Miller and uh, Matt Milano on the delayed blitz around the the left side of the line to make sure that he threw in the coverage. Dane Jackson perfectly called it out to Taron Johnson um, right there for the interception. So you saw already the impact that two sacks on Miller second in the league in sacks right now, he was able to make already in this season. I didn't know early on, especially in the regular season, what he'd bring. He was everything that bills could have wanted and more Mike uh, with that signing and just the job that Leslie Frazier has been able to do with every piece of the puzzle. You have to think that with these failing coaches around the league, how mediocre a lot of teams are, there should be another four to six to eight jobs open, is it his time now with this defensive? We see the DVOA numbers. We see the personnel. We see what he's able to do with the rookies. Is it his turn now to show like he can do it with vets, He can do it with the rookies. His scheme's impressive. Now he's winning at a high level. Is it time he's a coach again?
1: Uh, I, I I wish for his case that there was a scenario where he could become a head coach again. I just don't think it's very likely. And Uh, It's unfortunate. Uh, Age is held against you in the modern day NFL when it comes to head coaching searches. He's 63 right now. Uh, I know Lovie Smith got an opportunity here, and we're going to address this comment uh, by John here in just a second. But Frazier unfortunately has the age going against him. I think based on qualifications, he's as deserving as anyone in the league to become a head coach. The Bills have had an amazing defense all five years he's been in Buffalo. Um, honestly, their defense has been more consistent and dominant during that time than the Bills' offense up until recent years. So you could make an argument that Frazier was more deserving of a head coaching job than uh, Brian Dable, even his composure, his relationship with players. He deserves a job. I think age is going to hurt him. And also we know the NFL, unfortunately, does not have a great track record when it comes to uh, minority hires as well. So a few factors unfortunately that go against him I wish him the best I hope he's able to find an opportunity for his own sake uh guided the Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs uh one year while there but uh it's going to be a tough tough task when all these coaches and organizations are basically going after young offensive minds and you're an older defensive mind so uh, that's the one thing against him want to get to this question quick and you can give your thoughts on that in a minute. OBJ or Christian McCaffrey, who does Bean snag? Singletary, in my honest opinion, best game. Frazier failed, head coach. Uh that that's another good point. That his record in Minnesota could be held against him and probably has been held against him in the past. Uh, Christian Ponder is quarterback won 10 and 6, which is kind of crazy to go 10 and 6 with Christian Ponder. But uh appreciate the the, the donation. Kev, who who do you want? OBJ or Christian McCaffrey. I think OBJ is a lot more realistic because um, he's a free agent. I think Carolina is going to want too much for Christian McCaffrey. I know uh, they floated out a a leak through Peter Shagler uh, that they wanted two first round picks for him. That's never going to happen. I wouldn't even support giving one first round pick for Christian McCaffrey. If he comes to Buffalo, I think it's as a rental situation, most likely. Um, where you would get out of his contract during the off season, for that reason, I'm going to say OBJ, uh, Von, Allen. A lot of the guys have been talking about it, or at least alluding to it at times during the off season and regular season. So I'm going to go Odell Beckham Jr. most likely.
0: This one's this one's tough for me. I I just laughed at the multiple first round. I mean, I think every like everyone wanted multiple first round picks for Kelvin Benjamin. Like I just don't buy. That they're going to get that—that that, that is a serious like acquisition, like that—that's a serious acquisition cost. I just don't buy that at all. I mean, I think the cost is a replacement player to get in the system, and a medium level pick, like a third round pick. Could I see a second and then promising player like James Cook? Sure. Second and Zach Moss, inactive Zach Moss, by the way, Mike. Um, as as as, a, as a quite an option. I think yeah. I think that that's um likely what the bills are offering they'll come around on it his values right now with his with his restructured contract his 600k uh that's what's appealing to teams not his three for 36 in the future years they're not going to get as much from christian mccaffrey compensation wise as they're going to get from a contender and maybe notably the bills as they will in the next two weeks so that's what's interesting the next really you know under two weeks now the Bills are on a buy. I see this being the time they're really making calls and wanting to swing a trigger by Saturday, by Friday, Sunday, rather than taking it into the Green Bay week, Sunday night football. I don't know. Maybe maybe being wheeling and dealing. I think that that wheeling and dealing it matches up almost pretty well with the uh, buy. So I do believe that Christian McCaffrey – I mean, they're having talks about it. I, I just firmly believe it. There's been too many reports about it's it. It's already to come out
1: that. the Bills have yeah. had
0: an offer for Christian McCaffrey.
1: The question is, did it stop right there and Carolina laughed them off the phone, or is it ongoing and still a possibility? Carolina is going to have to lower uh, what they're asking for because, like you said, the the first the two first round picks that's never going to happen in a million years. And the second thing is, most most teams are looking at him as a rental; they're not going to give you anything higher than a second and maybe a running back in return no one wants that three year 36 million. The whole point is to cut him or restructure him because no running back is deserving of making $12 million, even one that's as good of a receiver as Christian McCaffrey, who the reason I'd be excited about him on the bills isn't as a running back. It's as a guy that's going to catch uh, passes in the slot and be someone that you can move all over the place. Uh, I would look at him and Singletary still has a one, a one B in the backfield. So I love Christian McCaffrey, but they have to lower what they're asking for. OBJ, though, that's going to be interesting. Uh, What does he want? Does he want to get paid? Sounds like he wasn't too happy with the Rams during the offseason, what they brought to the table. Uh, Is he just trying to get a rental, go after a championship, or does he want to get uh, some decent money and sign something that's still a two, three-year deal? If that's the case, the Bills are not going to be in on that. For the Bills, they're looking for rentals. They they know their roster, but if you're looking at what might be a bigger need, well, wide receiver lately has become a little bit of a concern going forward.
0: No doubt about it. And I think what's interesting is I see some comments here, why not both? It's just not realistic. Like, it's not realistic to fit it. Like, even the roster starts to become a crunch uh, to make that happen. I just don't think it's realistic. I'd love it. Of course, I'd love it. Uh, I think that they could upgrade both. I think that the more likely scenario, if he's willing to play, is an OBJ. I think that that there's an immediate need. I think you could immediately beat a slot from the rest of the season. How are you going to stop uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Gabe Davis, and Stephon Diggs? I just don't. And, and then even Dawson Knox sprinkled in. I just don't think it's possible for defenses to stop that. Everyone's like, well, you don't need him. <laughs> of course you don't need him. Like They're five and one without him. That's not the point. The point is that the Rams used him to push them over the edge. There's situations in games where maybe Diggs is taken away. Maybe they're dropping into a shell and taking away Gabriel Davis, but there's going to be situations to where you need a, another premier option because they run out of scheme. They run out of defensive players. Uh, and to me, I think a matter of OBJ brings that element to this team uh, to make it happen. And I, I don't know to me about the, the idea that it would need to be done now. I think it does because, Yes. Beans, not the one on the field, but it, it is still like, you're preparing your up till game day. If players hear about a trade, how does that affect Evan Singletary? It does matter. Like as much as like you want to be Billy bean and just like wheeling and dealing and like selling, um, you know, your relief pitcher right before the game. Like, yes, uh, that's a thing, but there's still a human element to it. Uh, uh, you can't just like walk in your rookie of the year, trade him and and hope that doesn't have a ripple effect in the locker room as a Yankees fan. They've moved on to the ALCS. They've had some issues. This is relevant because they've had some issues trading players and they went into a huge slump. Glaber Torres doesn't know what's going on. It is relevant to the scenario because what about the players that are now being replaced? There's a mindset there um, that you can say, yeah, that player's going to play with, you know, his pants on fire. That's just not how the human brain works. There is definitely some element of you're going to get replaced. I do think there needs to be some strategy with the timing of it. And sure. Sure. If it comes down to the wire, I do believe it happens right after the Green Bay game if they were going to really take it down to the wire on that, uh the day of, of the trade deadline day there. So after the game, I don't see it next week. I either see it now. They can get him acclimated. And there's also the benefit of getting him in, getting well, the playbook.
1: Even if you wanted him now, Carolina can has the ability to be patient and not make a deal. Sure. until they really truly feel like they have the best offer. So even if the Bills want to make a move now – it might not work out that way just because Carolina might wait till they can get something better. Realistically, do you think the bills acquire either of these, either of these players? Uh, if it sounds like we're both in agreement, OBJ is probably the higher probability uh, move of the two, just because you're not having to give up any assets for them. Um, which one of the two do you think is more likely? And will the bills end up getting either of them on on their team? <sighs>
0: Yes. I think it's likely that they score either of them. I would put it over a 50% chance that they score one or the other. I have it at like 51% that they'll score one or the other. The Vaughn leaks were interesting um, about how he was saying that he knows the destiny. That's weird. That's, that's, that's an interesting note to say like at, at some point, like he's had conversations with the player. He's seen him up close and personal. He has discussions. He says he keeps in touch once a week. That's interesting to say with it not being like as, as not being true so there's to me there's something to that if the bills do come up with a competitive offer uh, that that gets done they also don't need to rush on OBj we, we've been told it might not be until mid-november um, so that's not even a trade deadline acquisition that's what's really interesting about that one. the bills can be patient if something doesn't happen with Christian McCaffrey or the deadline in general, they can then switch their attention pretty quickly It would make uh, a so bigger impact I think with the receiving ability, Of Christian McCaffrey, I think he's just dynamic. I mean, I just – I think he's a day one baller, like just the missing link. The Bills do have some good slot options when playing well with Isaiah McKenzie, albeit performance this weekend. Um, And then Khalil Shakir has shown he still made a a big play uh, in the game when he has his opportunities. I'd like to see running back upgraded. You're now inactivating Zach Moss. Um, James Cook's not bringing too much into his rookie year. Like, yes, they're not using him, but is that a a function of the offensive coaching staff? Or is that a function of the player not playing particularly well in practice, not picking up concepts, not picking up uh, run blocking, pass blocking, whatever the scenario may be in front of Josh in certain situations, zones, options, whatever it may be, he might not be showing he's ready to play. Um, And I think Christian McCaffrey is ready day one, one of Bean's best draft picks ever. I think he does, Mike. I think he is a premier option I just don't know what you're going to get off of a major knee injury. That's that's the tiebreaker to me. Is like, yes, I think he's okay. Yes, I think Trey White's going to be dominant. I don't know what you're going to get off of a major knee injury, um, especially signing cold. No time to use the playbook. I was a fan of the get him in the system in, in October method, put him on IR, save the roster spot anyways, get him at this team, see him on the sidelines, that kind of thing. But apparently he's going down to the wire. I get that on a trade compensation end. I don't quite understand that on a player end to where A, I make more money, more weeks I'm active, whether I'm on IR or not. B, I'm in the playbook. I'm going to be better when I get back. I guess he's waiting it out till the end where he might get some offer from the Rams at Trump's ours and Trump's, you know, whoever else is in the running. I guess. I guess it's the Mostly same thing the as
1: the Rams like- are even legitimate at that point. Yeah. The, season. the Rams have not looked good. So uh, it sounds like OBJ was hoping to sign uh, a three year type deal with the Rams during the offseason, he was hoping that despite his injury, they were going to show faith in him. he, he could do the the long term approach where he rehabs at the facility. Uh, yes, he'd miss most of the season, but be there for the playoffs and, uh, and know that he has job security going forward.
0: Okay, round two, name something that's
1: not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club Computer Solitaire, huh Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has
0: over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I get the feeling that he was slighted by the Rams. He, he wasn't happy when they didn't give him that opportunity. And Maybe there's still door open where they're willing to take him back, but I get the, the feeling that OBJ is willing to wait this out long until he gets what he wants. Obviously, uh, he's not in any rush at this point in time. If I'm him, I look at it as if I'm healthy enough to play football in December, I sign with the, the best squad looking to bring me with a good role, and then I try to cash in uh, during the offseason. That's why I think Buffalo, Kansas City – are probably the two most appealing opportunities if he is able to get uh, uh, an offer from either of those teams. Green Bay, before the year, people were talking up. Yes, they could use a guy like OBJ, but you instantly put him out as your number one or number two. I think that's a little bit too much to expect from a guy who just tore his ACL. I think Buffalo, Kansas City are are good situations where you're paired with an elite quarterback uh, who spreads the ball out. You're not going to be expected to be the old OBJ right away, and you can still produce. And, and if you aren't 100%, you can slowly uh, ease in for the playoffs. So uh, that's what my take is. Christian McCaffrey, would love him. Just don't see the Bills giving up the assets. I think OBJ is still the more more realistic. But we'll see how it plays out.
0: And make sure for all of your needs, watch it play out. Live on Underdog Fantasy, still get into Best Ball League. Some of the best and funnest leagues I'm in is on Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code COVER1 to match up to $100 on your first deposit. Best Ball is one of the funnest forms of fantasy. You don't have to set your lineup every week. Great to be supplemental. There's leagues running all the time. Get up to $100 matched with your first deposit with promo code COVER1. So I think for me, Mike, I'm very interested to in what the Bills can get done. This is the Bills window now. And everyone's like, well, use the money to pay Poyer." I'm a huge Jordan Poyer fan. What he was able to do driving to and from games uh, just recently, uh, balling out still one of the best players. I still have this inclination it gets done in the offseason. I don't believe the trade deadline acquisitions affect it much. Why I think Christian McCaffrey could be ahead of OBJ, Mike, when you ask me what's more likely. Yes, do I think the player could do more in this offense? Maybe. However, I think there's some more snaps that could be had at running back. But maybe the 600K that's already agreed upon is what's interesting to the Bills with a future option that they can work out, renegotiate. There's definitely cap coupons in there, three for 36. You can, you can take a base salary in one of those and push it out and spread it out over future years, extend the years. You could do a lot. The Bills do it with Micah Hyde. They've done it all season long. So to me, the 600K does not affect at all anything to do with Jordan Poyer. So if you're a fan of paying Jordan Poyer, you might not want OBJ because he might suck up any remaining resources that the bills had. You saw that the chiefs restructured Travis Kelsey, and everyone go crazy. That was because they needed to do that to make even room for, uh, for practice squad players. But what you see here is, I
1: don't even see how I, they're connected to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't really see as, as a guy that likes this cap a lot. I, I just don't see how they were connected either, but that's okay. It does seem like really at first glance, like, Oh, they're going to make a trade for someone big. Uh, but that's, that wasn't the case, but OBJ or, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, 600 K. I guarantee you is what's appealing. We cannot look at everyone's like, we're not going to pay him. He's making 600 K. Everybody, please. Everyone say it with me. Christian McCaffrey is owed $600,000. It's as much as Zach Moss. Okay. So just keep that in mind when everyone's talking trades, Christian McCaffrey, it could be a rental with a, with a team option because there's no guaranteed money. It's a rental with a team option with the ability to do what they need to do next off season. Uh, which is as good as you want 600k and a team option there's not much you could look for more than a rental in th- those situations it's a perfect rental because you could, you have the potential that if it does look good and he is a premier player and you are able to finagle some money that is a, what you want in this scenario it and is in a
1: court. running back market during the offseason next year free agency obviously devin Singletary, yep. one of them there are so many available guys next year that that's gonna keep the the prices on these running backs down it, the you, there's so many guys available why overpay when there's eight guys out there that you can get and have somebody that that'll be a quality starter for you so i, I think that's actually going to work in the bill's advantage going forward with uh singletary and some other guys um, when it comes to who do you want your starting running back to be i don't think they're going to have to overpay to to get their their starting running back next year whether it be singletary or someone else
0: what I wanted to break down quickly about this question, and I had this definitely on my agenda today, was Christian McCaffrey topic. So I appreciate it coming up from the super chat. Thank you so much for the super chat on this topic. But what is interesting to me is, I'm like, let's run it down. Everyone's like, well, they're going to nickel dime the compensation. Well, can they? Like, you need two, three, four teams to tango. You have Philadelphia at the top of the list. They're not in the market for a running back. You have Baltimore with J.K. Dobbins. They're not in the in the market for running back with what they've been able to do with some of their players. Gus Edwards coming back this week uh, and others. Dallas, definitely not. They pay a ton of money to running back. San Francisco, no. Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette, no. Kansas City, no. With their cap situation, plus – uh, what they've been able to get from, you know, from a couple of their players, Jacksonville, no Travis ETN. Um, so there's definitely, you know, yes Seattle with Kenneth Walker, what he's been able to do. Uh, LA has uh, Eckler uh, Cincinnati is good with, with Mixon. Where's the, where's this team that's competitive. That's coming out of the woodworks to make a deal for Christian McCaffrey. My, my rebuttal
1: would be why does Carolina need to get rid of him? Obviously losing the head coach is a big one. They're probably going to have some regime change as a result. Uh, The the thing about Christian McCaffrey though, is he is your franchise player. Um, He's the face of the Carolina Panthers. Even with Carolina potentially unloading him, they're not saving a ton of money in the future by getting rid of him. So you you have to question, does it make sense for Carolina to unload the one player uh, that fans like right now down there during the middle of a rebuild just to, for the sake of unloading him now, the uh, answer back to me could be, well, do you want a star player unhappy while you're going through three, four five, win seasons for the foreseeable future, but you're selling that to fans. You, you, you trade Christian McCaffrey for a second and a fourth or a second and a, a Zach Moss or a James cook. Are the fans going to, embrace that. And I, I know you could, you could say, well, what the fans think doesn't matter, but Carolina, if they're going to make this trade, it has to be for something that a value coming back. The one thing that they are struggling right now is they have barely any draft picks uh, going forward. I, I know they just got rid of Robbie, Robbie Anderson, but Carolina, that's the one thing I guess that could potentially sell them is if you give them a plethora of picks, but, uh, a second and fourth—is that going to be enough? I—I I, I don't know. From a Bills fan, that's about all I'm willing to give. But is that going to be enough for for Carolina?
0: And I'll read. I mean, I'll read a report. The Bills checked in on his availability this offices. During the offseason, the Bills checked in on McCaffrey's availability. The inquiry went nowhere. Uh, there wasn't a, a sustainable trade that happened in the off season. So it isn't just, you know, how Bean likes to work the phones and this has been in the works. It isn't something that just popped up because rule got fired. It had been something that they were interested in for a while. Now, my rebuttal to you obviously would be, they need the draft picks. Are they going to rebuild with a three for 36 running back that they, he's not free. You have to pay him three for 36. I don't, but like you said, and then you have the disgruntlement issue, the bills trade Marshawn Lynch during their rebuilding years. It's not, it's not unprecedented. Like the matter of fact is at some point the, the player gets good compensation for him and to a level that's sustainable that gets done for a seventh round pick. Of course not. But as you talk about fourth, third, second, as it keeps rising. Who's the most if,
1: you're willing to give up?
0: I'm willing to give up second in James Cook right now. I send it in. I get it done. I don't think that, that you need to, to hoard draft picks. anymore. You know, I, I, would,
1: I would be okay with that too. But yeah. in that scenario, I'm probably also hoping there's a way to restructure his contract yeah. and keep him uh, in. I don't know. What Christian McCaffrey would be expecting? Obviously, the Bills aren't going to keep him three-year, thirty-six million. They don't have the, the the resources for that. Would Christian McCaffrey, obviously Brandon Bean, uh, part of the Carolina regime? You had John McDermott with Carolina sides. Would, would Christian McCaffrey come to Buffalo? Have a strong end to the season and be willing to say, "Hey, I'll take a pay cut because this is my t- chance to be on a a Super Bowl contender in." And solidify my name and have a potentially a hall of fame career if I stay healthy. Would he be willing to do that? I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's always great as a Bills fan to say, Oh, everybody wants to come to Buffalo. Um, but people still want their bag of cash at the end of the day. And for a running back like Christian McCaffrey that got that big deal, it, it might be tough for him to sacrifice all that money just to be on a winner. But who knows? Maybe the years, uh, of Carolina being borderline horrible has gotten to him in, in recent recent years.
0: And and, and you have to you have Tepper and Scott Fitterer, who was just signed last year to be the general manager. He needs to make a trade. This is his haul. He's going to get a package and he's going to get his players. This is actually Brandon Bean's player. Um, so he's going to get his players with the package that he wants. And maybe um there's another player on the roster that the that they would want from the Bills that the Bills could could end up trading him. So I do believe that it's very realistic to get this done. Um, for hey,
1: the, Kevin, bills, answer this right here,
0: answer this right here. Um, the bills would move away from, because the Panthers want him because he's the role they drafted him for the bills wanted a pass catching back with multiple versatility to play in multiple scheme fits. The reason is because that's who you hope that James cook is guys. You hope that he's Christian McCaffrey. You hope he's the kind of player like Christian McCaffrey. And that's why you would trade him because you can get the player you hope he becomes uh, by the time his contract's up. Otherwise you lose the rookie benefit of the salary. So they would trade him because he has value. You would trade him because you can say, hey, here's a player that can develop for a million dollars. We'll take on the guy that's already had it. You can go put it in your system. So that's why he would would have value and that they'd be able to bring that into trade discussions and that they'd feel comfortable swinging the trigger to your question, Mike, because now they're getting a second, and a player that they could develop, that might be enough to get it done today mm-hmm. rather than the offseason.
1: And as Greg Thompson has said uh, in the past week, James Cook is – James Cook, I can't even say his name right now. His ceiling is lower than what Christian McCaffrey is. Right. Christian McCaffrey is a top-10 pick. When he's healthy, one of the best running backs that we've seen in the past couple of decades. James Cook – is more of a niche guy. You're hoping that he develops into something special, but you really don't know. He's never been the guy at college. He's, and yeah, the Bills are hoping that he is a dynamic uh, player that can be very talented and good for the Bills. But we don't know if he's going to be that. We already know what Christian McCaffrey is. If James Cook ends up being 75% of Christian McCaffrey, you'd be ecstatic, elated. Uh, if he's 50% of Christian McCaffrey, you got a good running back going on. So you'd be trading James Cook for the sure thing, Uh, and and that's why you would make that deal. Um, Obviously, you don't want to give up on a second-round pick, but when you have a chance – You're not giving up
0: on him. You're you're cashing him out. You're
1: getting top-10 talent back in return. And and also, the thing with the injuries. Injuries happen, but that doesn't – just because you've had certain injuries doesn't mean that you're going to be injury-hampered the rest of your career. Uh, If Brandon Bean is willing to take a move on a guy like Christian McCaffrey, he's willing to take the risk that the injuries are not – going to be a long-term concern we're not talking about somebody that's 30 31 years old Christian McCaffrey is 26 right now he entered the league very young he's one of the most dynamic guys from a rushing and receiving perspective uh, in the history of the league he's had two 100 reception seasons he's had a year where he ran for 1300 yards and caught over 100 passes for over 1000 yards so right yeah you're making the trade because you Oof. are a superstar on this offense.
0: So much to break down, Mike. So much to break down. But from the Going Deep podcast, we have to – great episode here. We have to get over to the film room. Eric Turner, great guests going on over there. So make sure you check out all of our written content across the Cover One podcast network. We have some really great writers and Greg um, you know, We have a lot of different stuff going on over there. Um, so make sure you get out there. Subscribe to One Pass. Uh, some really great shirt options. You get an exclusive class with Eric to learn the game and others on the film room. And you get all types of different things Our cover. One Slack community uh, is really awesome. And we're going to push this right into the nine o'clock hour, right into the film room with Eric. And they're going to have a wonderful time. So everyone stay right here. We'll bring you back some Christian McCaffrey. We will want a lot to talk about with the Josh Allen option as well, going into that game, or excuse me, going into next season where they can create a lot of room to make some players happen. Uh, but, I think that there is going to be a great bye week this week. I'm interested to see if there's any news coming, but really appreciate everybody tuning in and being really, 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 really engaged with us tonight coming off of a bye week. And the film room will, I'm not going to break their guest. I'm going to have you tune in to see their guest here in just a few moments. But from the Going Deep podcast, Kevin necessary, Mike Bunt will catch you right here uh, next week, seven o'clock. Thanks everybody for Green Bay Game Week on Sunday Night Football. a great 5-1 schedule. Enjoy your bye weeks and enjoy your football seasons and your fantasy football weeks without any stress. Josh Allen looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing?
1: We're hoping to add a a
0: new dimension to the Cover 1 network.
1: Slings it deep down, bill
0: now i just want to talk about this championship well, i would never had a championship caliber team to talk about
1: i want to focus some more on the storylines each week what are the big stories going on with the bills what are uh thoughts commentary how do these things impact buffalo deep drop deep throw and it is pulled in for the touchdown allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown
0: play action If you've been hurt by a truck, you can call Colombo Law 24/7 and we'll be there to make sure you're taken care of. When someone is hurt by a truck, Colombo Law is the law firm people call to get answers. Hurt by a truck? Call Colombo Law.